This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. Is it still this week? It is still yes. this week. This has uh, been a, oof, it was a short week and yet a long week. And Justin Davis is here. Scoop. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to uh, take a look at the best-selling games of last year, 2021. We'll be talking about this very show, the future of it. Should we ever uh, see the other side of this pandemic? But first, man, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> we're still in, we are still in January, and we, you know, this week we got what is probably going to end up being the biggest news of the year. I'm sure everyone out there is already aware, but just in case you have not heard, Microsoft plans to acquire Activision Blizzard for nearly seventy billion dollars. By far, what? by far the lar- most. Yeah, yeah. Justin's just hearing about this in real time. <laughs> by far the I biggest. Need to, I need to. I need to read IGN real fast. <laughs> bigger than any other uh, video game acquisition in history. I think it's it's bigger than the the next fifteen largest video game company acquisitions combined. Mm-hmm. It's ten times as much as Microsoft paid for Bethesda. What just a little bit over a year ago. So. Man, there's a lot to I mean, unpack here. What was that, Tina? It's in the billions territory so deep in that we're rounding up yeah. by a billion. We're and rounding that means up nothing by a to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it means nothing relative to the 70. Well, it's like 68.7 yeah. or something. Yeah. Yes. Precise billions. But yeah, why not just make it 70 billion at that point? We did a great by the numbers article, which compares this to lots of different acquisitions. And I think we get. I, I maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but I am a little bit numb to acquisition numbers because there's tech acquisitions, which are like 
you know, half a trillion dollars and stuff like that, like in mm-hmm. the, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars for like something that doesn't even, you know, it's not just make a profit, which is like crazy. That's like a Silicon Valley thing that keeps happening. However, in entertainment, when we broke it down, it is it is remarkable to see what Nintendo or not Nintendo, what uh, Disney <laughs> bought Marvel for. You know, it's like four million mm-hmm. or something. It's like what? Well, Disney, it's a, it, Disney paid four billion for four billion, yeah. Star Wars, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like stuff like that. And you're like, well, think what they did with that, you know, and think what they will do with it. And you, you just yeah. think of like how valuable Activision Blizzard seemed to Microsoft to pay this much. Oh, I just want everyone, everyone in Scoop Nation to know that I missed this, uh, but we can all sort of share in it together. But I just got a text from my wife upstairs that our daughter just rolled over. First time Aww. I heard them all screaming. <laughs> everyone's happy They're, but I, happy screams i hope they took but happy, yeah, happy everyone's like, screaming happy. <laughs> in, a, in a good way you know the good yeah. kind of scream yeah i yeah, know i like that it's a celebratory scream um so what this means is that now you know once this acquisition is completed which is going to be a I think over a, like a year and a half from now microsoft is going to outright own the publisher and developers of franchises like call of duty world of warcraft diablo what, overwatch starcraft and Candy Crush. Tony Hawk. My favorite Tony is uh, Crash, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, it's a weird one. Now, right? now Crash Bandicoot is going to be owned by Microsoft. Who got the last laugh there? Yeah. <laughs> they, regret, they regret those aggressive 90s commercials. <laughs> Bring it back. Although I guess th- those were all against Nintendo, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's start with an email from uh, Matt Jones, overlord of the GameScoop superfans. He writes in to say, I'll keep it short for what I expect to be an action-packed scoop discussion. Is the Activision Blizzard purchased by Microsoft the biggest gaming news of the 2000s or ever? My personal biggest gaming news is probably the death of Sega, but I think the crash of the early 80s is the only other event that has been this massive, from my mm-hmm. view. Really looking forward to the conversation and thoughts of the Goose Camp counselors. Yeah, I mean, like, well, it's like this news is just breaking, but it feels like this feels very, very significant. It feels like something uh, that could change the landscape of the video game industry and that, you know, decades from now, we'll look back on as like a big turning point. Because yeah, now, like, think absolutely. all those, those big video game franchises I just mentioned, some of the biggest video game franchises have just moved from third party into a first party platform. Oh. <laughs> yeah. At once that consolidation starts, it's probably safe to assume it won't stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's you know it's not the first acquisition. Like clearly, Xbox has taken note of. Okay, you know, gamers seem to feel like there isn't a lot of quality content on these platforms. We feel we've built a quality platform. We feel we've built this sort of ecosystem with Game Pass. We want to make it that much more um, of a value for for people that are saying they don't feel like there's enough content there. So like, oh, you want content, do you? So this is not the first acquisition. Um, who knows if it's the last or not? But it's certainly. A turning point, not just for Xbox, but also for the industry in the sense of if you think about the history of video games in general and different chapters. This is a new chapter that's that you can see the through line of where the industry is headed or at the very least where Xbox is headed, where they feel like their philosophy is going to best pay off for them. So, um, you know, we did in uh, one of the several editorials we did this week uh, was was talking about how this isn't a console war in the way that for so many years, the community has kind of argued about Sony versus um, Xbox and certainly Nintendo in their generations overlap with those. Um, But it's much more about like it being a content war and Xbox taking a philosophy and an approach that's prioritizing a library of games. That's why you hear people talking about like, is this going to be the Netflix of games? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it'll be funny if uh, Xbox does the Netflix of games before Netflix is able to. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, so like the big question here is, is kind of the same question that people had when Microsoft purchased Bethesda. And like, what does it mean for future games from Activision Blizzard? Are they going to be Xbox exclusives? And we, Dan Stapleton, IGN's own Stan, Dan Stapleton just published another uh, op-ed. Another op-ed today. <laughs> the headline: He says, "Expect Activision's future games to be Xbox exclusives." People seem to be kind of split on on, on this issue, and I just think it's interesting. That we haven't. This question has not been put to the test yet because Starfield, which is an Xbox exclusive later this year, that's a new property. That's not something that's being taken away from. PlayStation gamers. So the real test will be when the next, what, you know, Call of Duty or Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls. or Fallout, you know, when those games come out and they, you know, if they're, if, the, if those are Xbox exclusives now, that would be a, a huge and significant change. But we don't know yet. I don't know where you guys fall down, fall on that issue. Yeah, it's the only, I think the only reason why it's complicated is because of the, the transitionary period where there's these like pre existing deals. Um, you know, certain multi-platform uh, cross-play kind of strategy that's got to kind of be honored. Like, you don't want to piss off half of the community of gamers by being like, oh, you know, Call of Duty Warzone, you used to be able to play that on your PlayStation. We can't anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be a situation. So obviously that and that's basically been um, confirmed as of today when we're recording this on, on Thursday, January 20th was confirmed by both Activision Blizzard um, as well as Sony, as well as Phil Spencer, who said that he had some phone calls with some membership and maintain that he, well he specified to say that he that call of duty would still be accessible to playstation gamers so i don't know if that's like a reference to the future how did everybody interpret that tweet that hit like an hour ago or so yeah like, i can i can read the full tweet here this is from phil spencer he said had good calls this week with leaders at sony i confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of activision blizzard and our desire to keep call of duty on playstation sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship so yeah i mean they don't like justin pointed out i think like they don't have a choice to honor their existing agreements so it's a nothing statement in my opinion yeah our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation could mean any number of things. He's not saying, you know, all future Call of Duty games will be on PlayStation. It could just mean right. a free-to-play Warzone. If you want yeah. to look at... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. If you want to look uh, historically for, like, clues to what could happen with this, I think the Netflix Game Pass comparison is really apt. Think of what motivation Netflix would have to put their programming on any other platform. Um, perhaps... You know, uh, something could hit theaters at some point if they want to blow this something up in some way. But really, the, the point of Netflix is to get subscribers and to mm. keep subscribers. And that's the point of coming up with new and better and for overall streaming platforms, new and better exclusive content. If Xbox could get Game Pass on PlayStations, they would consider keeping it, um, which would not happen, by the way. But if they could, I think mm. they would consider it like, oh, yeah, it's accessible through Game Pass. So we're not yeah. talking about hardware we're talking about services um so in that mm-hmm. reality i feel like that's the only way like 10 years from now i don't know about call of duty since he specified since phil spencer specified but yes was like very vague um maybe intentionally so um but you know future uh other like i don't know future diablos and world of warcraft comes eventually to xbox through a game pass mechanism like i think they'll want to make use of their many billions of dollars that they've just spent on this acquisition and make sure that it's something available in the game pass ecosystem. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this deal is too big for Xbox to care about PlayStation. (laughs) 
Um, $70 billion. Like, you know, you touched on this earlier. I can't remember if it was Tina or Damon, but like, this is bigger than the next 14 or 15 acquisitions in video game history. And it's so big, like $70 billion is actually really material to Microsoft as a business. Mm, um, yeah. Isn't it like half, is, half of the cash they have on hand? It is half of Microsoft's <laughs> cash. And so you, like everybody home, visualize spending half of your money, like all Stop. your total all money. All your liquid ever, assets, yeah. Spending half of it on something. Like <laughs> Microsoft, uh, and like I'm half joking, but like Microsoft, they, it, they, they need to get this right. Otherwise, it has the potential to sink this multinational conglomerate of you know business software and like <laughs> computing and hardware like that's how big of a deal this is and so um no like it has to it has to grow xbox as a brand and an ecosystem significantly like to a degree like you know five or ten times more than bethesda needs to so you know, will Call of Duty Warzone stay on PlayStation? Like, yeah, you know, probably it's free to play. Like, I think they'll take it on a game by game and a case by case basis, whether it makes sense. But this acquisition absolutely happened to get more people buying Xboxes and more people subscribing to Game Pass, mm -hmm. which um, you can't accomplish by leaving all your games multi-platform. So, um, no, I, I don't. I don't think there's a world in which, at every available opportunity to make something Xbox exclusive, they're 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 not proceeding under that game plan. <laughs> it's I, like the, you know it's like sam was saying it's like netflix buying a movie and then letting that movie stream on amazon prime video like they wouldn't do it yeah i could really see uh call of duty being uh a, a perfect fit for game pass for the for the reason that if they do want to get more subscribers into that ecosystem it's just it's such a i, I don't say this uh in a in a negative way just for lack of a better word it's such a casual game it's such a, such a broad uh mainstream audience of people that only play call of duty do they want to buy the game every year for 70 dollars, or do they just want to pay 15 dollars a month and get it along with everything else you know mm -hmm. i mean like every yeah, like, like the, oh, go ahead tina sorry go ahead justin you go ahead mine was a slightly aside uh, yeah like i just <laughs> I, I keep having these flashes of like like, holy shit, like they own World of Warcraft like yeah. that, you know, it's just like old game that like isn't necessarily zeitgeisty anymore, but it's still what the number two MMO <laughs> like and and like now Xbox owns that. Like, what does that so, mean for Game Pass? Like these things keep flashing into my head like that. And isn't World of War World of Warcraft like $15 a month? So what if they mm -hmm. put that in Xbox Game Pass for PC? Right. right? It's, it's, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Like, well, like. Like every yep. Blizzard game, yes, and yeah, and that's the value proposition. Hearthstone, like a, Hearthstone is an Xbox game now. You're, you're gonna get free Hearthstone packs, Damon. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. And Phil Spencer also said that he wants to revive some, uh, you know, classic games that haven't been around for for a minute. I, mm. I forget what's if he referenced specific titles or not, but who knows? Like what'll be resurrected and brought back onto that platform too. He, he name dropped Hexen in his um, mm -hmm. Wall Street Journal interview, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, that buys him street cred with gamers and, you know, Hexen's cool. So I guess it should, but like, but it's, it's funny that like that can buy you positive goodwill in the Twitter sphere yeah. when you're contributing to the monopolization of the video game <laughs> industry. And it's like, well, okay. What was the puzzle game that came installed on the Xbox 360? Was it Hexic? Yeah. Uh, that's that was, a deep cut. That was yeah. a good game. Yeah, they made a sequel. Um, so we, we, you mentioned the monopolization. A lot of the um, 
debate and discourse around this news is that this is, you know, obviously probably going to be a good thing for Xbox, but is it a good thing for gamers in general? Um, does the consolidation bother you, Sam? Well, for the most recent point that was made, like to have a bunch, you know, Microsoft just also acquired a bunch of indie studios and not so indie studios, just a, mm-hmm. just a bunch of people to make games. And I think that's not really been the focus of Activision or Blizzard. And they do have back catalogs and interesting stuff, especially Activision. Activision goes back to, to Atari. I mean, the existence of Activision goes back to the, the very primordial you know, foundations of, of, of indie game development because they split off from Atari because they weren't getting credit from Atari. They made the Pitfall, first third party, you know? Yeah. The first third, exactly. Basically they made, you know, they made Pitfall and they made, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of fun, cool spinoff games back then. They own Infocom, which makes Zork. I mentioned that to y'all earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. But those are like examples of nerdy, like back catalog games that I like. They have a huge well of those. And now like there's a bunch of developers that, you know, could be making cool games and that that's exciting for me by itself. Um, the, I don't, the monopolization thing doesn't really like, I, I, I understand, you know, monopoly is bad. I, that all, all of that, I, I get all that. But in this situation, like, you know, you're still going up against Nintendo and Zelda and Mario, and and it, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Let alone Sony's offerings. Let alone Ubisoft's. Like it's just not. That's not really the the, the worry I have about this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think we'll get more games out of it. And what what I worry about, and I think people should all worry about, is how many subscription services you're going to be paying for someday. Because that's what it's always been. And like mm-hmm. I pay whatever a month now for all of my TV and movie services, and it could get it could start adding up for games too. And you know, that's that's the dream of these companies, and you know, your your phone bill might look pretty small compared to your entertainment bill someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I think it was just last week on Scoop that we were talking about you know competition is good, competition is healthy for a variety of reasons for consumers, for innovation and creativity. Um, so yeah, I mean, a monopolization isn't good. So this is potentially like a step in that direction, but there are still plenty of other players that are you know accessible and, and mm-hmm. creating a, some some division in the industry and and some diversity in the industry. So I think it's a matter of, you know, there are systems in place, there are branches of government in place to kind of assess these things uh, according to antitrust laws. And yet another thing that we published this week, and you should go check it out because I wouldn't be able to recite it as well as we have written it down on the site. Um, But we talked to some experts in the field and, you know, they mentioned in this case, it may, perhaps it's a bit of a loophole, but uh, advising Xbox as a specific hardware company, which is funny because the strategy is very like, about content um, and software, but the acquisition is considered um, a software acquisition and also, you know, branching out to mobile platforms because of of the King side of the acquisition too. So it's on a technical level, it's not, you know, it remains to be seen. It's going to take about a year for this deal to close most likely is is kind of what they're projecting. Um, So it remains to be seen when that actually gets stress test stress tested. Um, but the idea being that it's most likely going to go through in a legal capacity. And so it's a matter of like, is that if, if they're going to go out and gobble up, you know, the Nintendos and Playstations, which is most assuredly not going to happen. That's when, you know, the concern really comes down where there is another genuine competition that can go up against them. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Guys, these E3 press conferences from Microsoft. Oh my God. So long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they own. They also own Minecraft, right? Like they own Minecraft. They own yeah. World of Warcraft. You know, it's crazy. Like I had actually forgotten for a second that they bought in the same day they announced they bought Obsidian and In Exile 
mm-hmm. you know, makers of these beloved RPGs. Um, mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Um, it it is no, unbelievable like, I, how much they own now, but I, I'm starting to think Xbox is just a really slow company. Things happen slow there. Cause like mm-hmm. it's been over a year since Bethesda and like, we it's just like, it's been over a year since Perfect Dark was revealed. We haven't seen anything of that, anything more of Avowed. So I just feel like they announce things and then we end up having to wait a really, really long time for them. Yeah. Fable. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, my biggest concern is how this is going to impact 20 questions and make things very confusing <laughs> down the line. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Deeply well, it used to be now. a first party. Um, there, there, um, uh, I also like, I, I feel, I haven't, I'm not part of these communities and I don't know anything about their reactions to this, but like, there's also the, you know, the fear of change. If you're part of a community like world of Warcraft for what, you know, like well over a decade, like that's just, that'll be an interesting story and an interesting like thing for Microsoft to navigate to like Mm -hmm. not freak people out and and destroy these, these beloved communities that that mean a a lot to people mean as much as their real lives. And I think that'll be a, a pretty interesting set of consequences from this. Yeah. One thing that I, I, I like is um, I, I like Xbox, the company today. I just I like I like the Xbox of today. I like Phil Spencer. I think he's genuine. Seems like a reasonable, pretty chill, cool guy. Uh, I like uh, they have a they've built up a, a service that's very, very friendly to gamers. And I liked Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5 and Psychonauts 2. And I'm excited about stuff that's coming. So I just I like the Xbox of today. And I've never really been that crazy about Activision. So. <laughs> that's fine. well that's kind of the other side of the story too yeah. um the other side of the story too is like you know hopefully there's obviously a lot of turmoil going on at activision a lot of years of reckoning that need to happen and so mm-hmm. um although uh microsoft style in terms of acquiring new studios has been like well you know we're hands-off we want you to creatively mm-hmm. uh do what you're you know you're doing best and fund and support you in a way that like psychonauts 2 becomes this like game of the year contender for a lot of people um under that kind of uh of um ownership but um, in this case, you know, I think uh, maybe a little bit more hands-on work could uh, do that company and a lot of the people there that are working towards change, um, you know, hopefully do them justice and, and make some positive change in the, along the way. One um, interesting opposite effect that that, that this could have uh, with Psychonauts as a great example is Microsoft has championed indies, um, especially in the days mm-hmm. of uh, Summer of Arcade and stuff like that. I think we all think about that, but mm-hmm. they have since. And I think Psychonauts is a good example. So moving on from that. Netflix is its juggernaut. It's a huge, it's a huge, you know, Hollywood competitive company now. And we think of it that way, but it's also a, a place where shows have come out of nowhere that would, you know, maybe have been ignored by network or absolutely were canceled by networks, things like that, that, that are uh, huge hits. I mean, you know, Stranger Things is a good example of that. Like, you mm-hmm. know, what, who, who would have thought that show would get a chance? Like this kind of like Stephen King tinged, you know, kids TV series, like, and also like the length of it and the way it came about, like, I don't know, like the networks wouldn't have allowed that to happen. So there's a little bit of gatekeeping that um, I think, you know, uh, uh, that, that these big streaming uh, services actually are helping with. I think there's a little bit more options for creativity and, and putting stuff on a platform. That's to a point because I also understand Major record labels are the exact opposite of that and the, the worst possible way that to happen. So you need to have these like kind of illegal services and, and indie labels that, you know, undermine them to make sure good music gets out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's contradictory and, and complicated. And it's not enough to say like the biggest company is going to make the worst games right now. It's just mm-hmm. that hasn't always been the case. It's hard to say that. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, Tina, you touched on something a second ago where like a lot of people kind of believe that Activision should be punished by the market 
for, you know, engaging in the bad behavior that it did in several years. And instead, it's been kind of rewarded by, by Xbox <laughs> and Microsoft. You know, they're being acquired for 40% above what their stock value is. Um, so, you know, <laughs> there's some uh, moral qualms there that I yeah. think, uh, you know, that people are very right to be voicing in some in in um, in some corners as well. Yeah. And the top theory is like, you know, they wouldn't be up for this acquisition were it not for the, the troubles that they're going through. And it probably kind of wouldn't like have been affordable. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's, there'll be a good book in there someday. Mm-hmm. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay. Talking about uh, Call of Duty, thinking about the future of Call of Duty is a good segue into our second topic. Um, we got the full year 2021 numbers from NPD, and unsurprisingly, the latest Call of Duty, Call of Duty Vanguard, best-selling game of the year. The second, that's surprisingly, that's total a surprise considering not, the, the amount of buzz that was around that game versus any other Call of Duty. Well, it's not surprising just given the fact that Call of Duty is the best-selling game every year. Like. Yeah. 10 years running. Uh, isn't NBA sometimes also? No. <laughs> no it's always got, it's, for like a decade at least it's been okay. Call of Duty. And then the second best selling game of the year is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. A game that didn't even come out in 2021. Nice. Wow. So a question in my mind is that if Call of Duty is now with Xbox and it launches into Game Pass, does this deal represent a hard stop in Call of Duty being the best selling game <laughs> 
of the year. I mean, right? Someone, Mario Halo Kart 8 is in the corner rubbing its hands yeah. together. <laughs> Halo Infinite is not on the, on the list, even though I'm sure it's very popular. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I mean, but that's kind of the, like, the thing that we need to acknowledge. Like, obviously, MBD is a very specific um, kind of system there. But the thing that we need to acknowledge is with the change of the industry, you got to kind of change, like, what are the metrics of success? So for Xbox, it's going to be subscriber numbers. Like, that's the thing that they've been touting for a while now and a lot of new headlines and kind of alluding to the fact that that's part of their strategy and what they're going to be focused on. So mm-hmm. we got to look at those Game Pass uh, subscription numbers and uh, somehow feed that into the conversation around the more traditional uh, sell selling structure that we're used to recording yeah. and looking at. And speaking of which it, that's really, those are those numbers for big movies on Netflix mm-hmm. are like completely, you know, unless they share them, mystery, they're completely yeah. obscure. They're not like box office numbers. So it's hard yeah, to yeah. tell what the most popular shows are on streaming platforms. And, you know, I think <laughs> the popularity of games might be pretty hard to tell once these you know, get hidden behind uh, these, non-retail distribution services. Yeah, you get these hilarious... Sorry, Tina, go ahead. I was just going to say, Hollywood is dealing with the same sort of issue, but in a different light where, you know, actors are banking on um, a certain contractual agreement for what they're being paid out on, like, box office numbers and success at theaters. But, like, you know, what about the things that... Like, we we saw this with Black Widow. Like, Mm -hmm. what about the the Mm -hmm. movies that launch onto these uh, digital platforms and like they also need to kind of adapt and modernize to to be able to you know go and evolve along with the subscription model evolutions too yeah Yeah, with the rumors of sony uh preparing to launch its own game pass service as a a competitor it's going to be harder and harder for mpd to you know track actual you know Mm -hmm. usable sales numbers sales data but anyway, the uh, the full top 10 was two Call of Duties, then Madden, Pokemon, Brilliant, Diamond slash Shining Pearl, Battlefield 2042, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mario Kart 8, Resident Evil Village, MLB The Show, and then Super Mario 3D World. That's the top 10. Mm-hmm. What I thought is interesting is way down, it, it gives the full top 20 selling games, and the 20th best selling game of the year is Forza Horizon 5, a game on mm-hmm. Game Pass. Okay. I just thought enough mm-hmm. people bought it, actually bought copies. Yeah, that's cool. I think there's not enough, you know, there's still clearly people that are not subscribing to Game Pass. We're not we're not there yet where that's the universal like (laughs) you buy an Xbox and you're also on Game Pass. There's plenty of people that aren't doing that. Xbox is doing more like Forza Horizon. Like, look, like that's not like uh, uh, you're not only getting half a game, you're getting a full game experience. But Mm -hmm. if you download it on Game Pass, there is like a $30 car pass and there's a treasure map and there's like other junk that it kind of tries to foist upon you and obviously halo being free to play is similar too with a battle pass mm-hmm. that you buy um but but i really like this crystallized in my mind it's like oh they're up to something when i downloaded minecraft dungeons just because it's on game pass and i hadn't played it and i said let me check that out and then that game is also trying to like sell you a battle pass <laughs> and a bunch of stuff and i'm like oh this is what microsoft is up to like mm-hmm. they're not they're not selling you a including half a game in game pass and then making you buy the other half. But like directionally, like they're they're what you get with your subscription is, um, you know, they want an opportunity for people that are transacting in these games deeply or playing them deeply to sort of mm-hmm. pay above and beyond the cost of what you're paying for game pass. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not super surprised to see for it. So like, I bet a decent number of people that bought that game bought, the fancy edition, even if they have game pass, mm. just have the season pass DLC and stuff like that. Sure. 
Um, what is not on the list of the top 20 best-selling games of 2021? The GTA Trilogy Remastered is not on there. Yeah. Womp. <laughs> and neither is GTA 5. So maybe we're finally free. We were finally free of GTA <laughs> 5 free. dominating. Well, well they yeah, said sorry. today they fixed the glitch for uh, GTA Trilogy. The wobbly car one? No. <laughs> that was just that was just from a that was like yeah. a quote from a take, conference a, a yeah. earnings take call two. or something. Yeah. So, there was a glitch at launch and it's been fixed. A glitch what? is how he described the launch. The one big one. Cool. <clears throat> uh, Tina, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition didn't make the top twenty. Aww. Well, they were on Game Pass too. Maybe we can believe that's where it came from. Slash, everybody's already played it, so. Well, but it, it it just came to Game Pass this month. Yeah, that's true. And then um, what else? Oh yeah, so I said Spider Man Miles Morales is on there, but no Ratchet and Clank, no Returnal, no Deathloop. Ooh, of course it's a PS. Those are you know PS Five exclusives, and PS Fives are hard yep. to find. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. The other two are. There's no Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe that game struggled a little bit. And then uh, yeah. for Nintendo, even though they had Nintendo had the most games on there of any publisher. They had five games in total in the top 25, but there are mostly legacy stuff. There was no Skyward Sword HD or Metroid Dread. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's totally expected for Metroid. But yep. I think that I'm, that I'm happy with the way that the game was received and how it launched, and hopefully we'll get more Metroids. Good yeah, company working on that game now. But the last Guardians. Metroid is in captivity. <laughs> they list, you uh, know. You- what, what's that, Tina? I was going to skip over to the Guardians comment of like yeah. uh, Guardians makes sense because it didn't get a ton of like, um, you know, pre-marketing traction and it was a little bit of under the radar. But I'll keep telling people to play it. Yeah, I was saying, it's I think highly everyone, recommended. Everyone who played it is on sale for like $25 too. Yeah, yep, that's mm-hmm. true. And then they, MPD lists the publisher of every game, obviously, but then Minecraft, uh, Justin Minecraft was number 13 of the year. The wow. publisher of Minecraft is listed as multiple video game manufacturers. Oh, uh, so they add it all up. What, but I guess it, isn't it? Should it isn't isn't just Microsoft? Yeah, or Mojang, like whichever way. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know I why. That was weird. I, I'm sure just whatever it was published by on some platforms are just still out there, right? Like they're just <laughs> longtime publishers. They didn't like switch over the publisher name. Like I don't really know. Do you think that includes like? Is it when it's bought from like the app store? Like, mm-hmm. does this this surely doesn't include paid mobile downloads on on the Android or iOS app store? Like, I don't know. I remember for a long time, there was this loophole of like digital game sales weren't counted. And I think MPD actually did close that loop now. Yes, but it's um, not App Store. It's physical right. and digital sales from the Nintendo eShop, PlayStation, Steam, and Xbox platforms. So not the mm. App Store. Got it. Huh. Yeah, I don't know how to account for that uh, Minecraft thing. Weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, okay, after I'm- our... Or- Wait. Oh, sorry. I just you you reading off the Jamin. You, you had the list in front of you, right? Yep, 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 yep. How many of those games were released in that calendar year? So the twenty like, one. Did uh, did the two Pokemon games come out last year? Just one, the Diamond Diamond Pearl. Is that what you're talking well, about? Is yeah, it, yeah. Is it they're listed one. separately. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, and then 3D World was early last year. But should we even yes. count that game? Oh yeah, that's the Plus Cats one. Game. Seven, yeah, eight, uh, nine, ten, eleven. So eleven of them. So eleven of the top twenty were actually released last year. Okay, that's not that bad. But like, wow, what a shifting industry. I mean, that prompted because it's like you know Minecraft, Mario Kart, like last year's Call of Duty. It's like these games seem to have longer legs than they used to.
Okay, switching gears. Uh, everybody, I think everyone knows the Nintendo eShop. I'm sure all the di the digital video game storefronts are like this, but it seems to be particularly prevalent on the Nintendo eShop. It is just filled with worthless shovelware. Week after week, I get that email from Nintendo. Here's what's new on the eShop, mm -hmm. and I like to look every week uh, to see if anything sticks out to me. And this week in particular, I noticed a lot of really good shovelware titles coming out. Too. It is just, there is no one... Keep no, there's no one in charge over there at the Nintendo eShop. Anyone can just put any bullcrap <laughs> up there. Uh, so I've made some good selections here. And I, uh, for a couple of these, Alan has uh, the uh, title screen he can bring up. So the first one I liked is called Cat Go Ultimate Challenge. <laughs> and yeah, it is hard to make cats go when cat you want go, to. Yeah, it is the ultimate challenge. <laughs> the ultimate challenge. The uh, description of the game is help your kitten to save Barsikgrad from bad cats and restore peace in a cozy town. Do you know what an infinite engine is? No? So kittens don't know. Explore that mechanism and give your cat an endless happiness. What? <laughs> I do want to give my cat an endless <laughs> happiness. I mean, I that know. part I understood, but earlier? <laughs> What what are we this, meant to understand and teach our kittens? This copy appears on Nintendo.com today. Nobody checks this stuff. The other one I like, and uh, Sam, tell me if you know what, what game this was inspired by. There's a game out this week called Froggy Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> and that description is, help Froggy the Frog fill his belly with yummy coins. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, wow. Oh, look at it. it yeah. It's a froggy bank. I see. I see. Phew. Don't feed your frogs coins. I know. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. But yeah, <laughs> this frog, so, for some reason, is a bank. Yeah, he's even more delicate, or she is more delicate than a frog would normally be being made out of ceramic. So watch out for those spiked tiles. Oh, David, <laughs> I'm looking at the screenshots of CatGo. It's like, it's horrible. There's this horrible, you're going to think I'm exaggerating. There's these like nightmarish faces. <laughs> But it's, it's like, supposed to be set in a cozy town, or I guess no. you're supposed to return it to a cozy town. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it's like, you know, I don't want to be like mean spirited about, um, you know, indie developers. But like sometimes when you see these games, I feel like I feel like they must there must be a cynicism there, because I would assume if you want to make video games, you like video games and you have experience with what a good video game is. But a lot of this trash is so far removed from it. It's like maybe they mm -hmm. don't know what a good video game is. Mm. I don't, I, it's, it's bizarre to me. The next one, I, I mean, like it's somebody churning through and like banging out copy for each of these things. And there's, you know, no editing process or like the other editor who's on it, like doesn't know the, the, the source material it's coming from. And yeah. it's just sloppy work is what it is. Yeah. It's like one dude, it's one Ukrainian dude that like made a game <laughs> and then, you know, put it on the eShop. Yeah. The next one I liked, and this is all out this week. The next one is I love finding pups collector's edition. <laughs> oh wow wow we have this I'm it did so well it earned the collector's edition <laughs> this one this is the special edition for the collectors <laughs> look at that pup. but it's an eShop game <laughs> Looks so it's just an eShop game and i don't that's like the collector's edition being an eShop game for some reason really tickles me the copy makes no mention of anything that's special in this to make it the collector's mm. edition maybe you're collecting the pups uh, I think my favorite one, though, this week is called, I don't have a, a screenshot for this one, but the game is called Make the Burger. And I have the copy oh, up because yes. the cop, this is the best copy. Make the Burger. It says, <laughs> have, this is on Nintendo.com today. Have mm. you ever tried manage a food truck and make your customers happy? And manage is spelled M-A-N-E-G-E. 
Make the Burger is a fun game where just do a good burger is what matter. In a depreciated neighborhood, a gastronomic chef <laughs> decides to sell his beautiful burgers with the wish to improve decadent reality of the neighborhood and do people happier. Nothing to kill hunger with delicious food to solve all problems. Make hamburgers for different types of customers with various combinations of ingredients. Do not miss your orders. They will not be happy with this. Be fast. Customers don't like to wait too long, so be quick and get it right. Also, do not let the burger fall. Otherwise, it will only leave the neighborhood more depreciated and will bring you more work having to clean everything. Various flavors. <laughs> Unlock the ingredients to receive more happiness. Meet police and bandits who sit in the same environment. Demanding customers. Buy more tables to be able to serve all customers. You don't want your precious customers to leave, right? right. Make a burger. <laughs> um, are these ESRB rated? I mean, they have to be to be... Uh... On the, on the I would shop, think right? so. ESRB, but doesn't that it, mean it's that, rated E for everyone? So, so some human did review this game at some point I, at the ESRB. Just maybe not not too much on the QA or Nintendo side. I just, it I mean, is kind of strange. I mean, I have to say, make the burger looks pretty cool. It's got cool <laughs> pixel art, but like the description's clearly being Google translated. Right? Yes, yes. It's, yeah. it's they're just not doing themselves any yeah. favor. It's got the so look of like, like, like a, a Cairo like game dev sim or, or whatever. Kairosoft. Yeah, like if you're getting, and it's probably, you know, people are submitting descriptions and maybe it's not being, you know, looked over too closely. But yeah, if you're getting manage incorrectly, but you can get gastronomic chef, you know, there's got to be a Google Translate situation going on that's obscuring it. It's a, it's a depreciated neighborhood. Yeah, it's rated E for everyone. Especially with all those burgers on the ground. <laughs> e for, I mean, yeah, it's such a mess. <laughs> e for everyone with mild blood. Oh. oh. Yeah. So I said, when you, when you make the burger... Try not to get any mild blood. No, mm-hmm. not it. Uh, Is that like burger blood or like human or, yeah, maybe blood in a combat scenario? Yeah, Could be them. those criminals. That's the mess they were talking about. People you are don't serving like, them. Have the meat juice drop mm-hmm. on the floor. If people have ordered yeah. them rare, yeah, there could be mild blood in go. a rare cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> the final one on unhappy customers. The final one I liked is called Animal Revolt Battle Simulator. I do have the <laughs> screen stuff there. Arbs, arbs. <laughs> Animal Revolt Battle Simulator. And I have questions. <laughs> that monkey has spikes. Yeah. So none, I don't think any of these are real animals, but there is like, I guess the Tyrannosaurus has a, like a trebuchet attached to his back. Which I have to admit, <laughs> that's pretty metal. It's like a big ballista. Yeah. One thing is yeah, just, I can't trebuchet. tell what right, it is. It's, it's just really, really long fingers with skeleton really hands and nails. Hands giving him. <laughs> Animal revolt battle simulator. I don't know what the animals are revolting against because they seem to be another? fighting each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I think the the humans have been revolted against by this point, and now it's just on the animals to face each other. Although I will credit the humans with leaving them with some sort of spikes and armor Wait, is, and a trebuchet. What is the multi-faced creature on the left with the long fingers? Don't know. You see the nope. little faces. <laughs> that's that's humanity right there. That's a, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just, that's oh, yeah, right. Incited it into like a creature version. Yeah, it's like yeah a, it has like horrible human faces. You know, animals. Yeah. Um, the arbs battle. Look at the tiny dinosaurs on the yeah, lower right. They're they're terrified. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no one is in charge over at the Nintendo eShop. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com, just like. Aaron did. And Aaron says, longtime listener, first time writer from across the pond in sunny England. My question, 
though not game related, is specifically podcast related. Over the past year, us listeners have gotten to know everyone somewhat more intimately since you've been working from home. Not only have we got to see some interesting backdrops, but we have also become well accustomed to cats making their weekly appearances. I personally have enjoyed this setup. My question relates to what will happen in the future. Will Gamescoop ever return to the studio? Will the four of you ever be in the same room together ever again? How will episodes be recorded if some people return to the office and others have permanently left California? How does my favorite gaming podcast plan to adapt to the hopefully dissipating pandemic? It's a good question, Aaron, because yes, we, the four of us all do now live in different cities. All four of us. As of right now. Although I don't, Tina, do you still have plans to make your way back to LA? Yeah, that's my that's my plan for now. I'm, um, I think most people know I'm, I uh, quickly came over to Austin, Texas, because I have two brothers here and many little babies of theirs um, floating around. So I've been playing the aunt thing for the last two years. But the idea is when things are normal and hopefully when the you know market in Los Angeles is not as astronomical since the pandemic as it is, I can make those two things converge and join mm-hmm. you, Damon, in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, yeah. The, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. Well, I think the uh, there's big news in the uh, SF San Francisco office here. Uh, it's a uh, dog friendly, so mm. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's nothing to do with podcasts. You're just going to take off and do a game game pups. Well, he was asking. A, yeah, he was asking about if we're going to see uh, cats, you know, in the in the mm-hmm. studio ever again. I guess or implying that, and you know, none of us have dogs, so why is the point. office cat friendly? <laughs> yeah. Is it because all those dogs running around? Here's the thing: offices aren't cat friendly. They get it into the rafters. Yeah, or it's, it's really that cats aren't office friendly. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, cats cats aren't friendly outside of their their small little comfort zones. We have one cat allowed in the San Francisco office. Bad joke. <laughs> okay, I got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm with you. <laughs> She's been on Games <clears throat> before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Gamescoop is probably. Probably for the foreseeable future, going to remain some sort of a hybrid call-in setup. I, I'm anxious to get into our, our, we have a really nice new LA office. So mm-hmm. when as soon as those are opened up again, I'll be anxious to go in there and I'll probably be sitting behind a desk uh, by myself in the studio there and everyone else will be calling in. But, you know, I think, I really think uh, our podcasts have, have, since we've been working from home, I think all of our podcasts have suffered very little. I think so. Yeah, yeah, there's occasionally, I mean, yeah. honestly, we did this in person too, but there's occasionally that moment where you're like, wait, are you talking? No, you go. No, yeah, wait, you go I mean, first. But, you know. but that happens in person too. Yeah. Um, we, we just can't present you, Damon, with a giant um, yes. donut birthday celebrations yes. uh, yeah, until I eventually true. go there and I can I can sit next to you and there's two people in LA. <laughs> what if you could time like, a, like, look, this has to be delivered at exactly this moment. Get something. Uh, we could ship something out to Damon. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, okay, let me put that under my hat. Okay. Um, it was tough, like in the very, very, very earliest days of working from home, like the technical sort of below the line team at IGM with, you know, Dave and Alexio and everybody else. Like, it's unbelievable, like the work that went into allowing us to film these shows behind the scenes. And so mm-hmm. those first few weeks with that dicey. But then after that, Dave and I agree, like, I feel like the shows, it, like we're, we're used to them transforming themselves every few years anyway. Um, mm. at least in my time on GameScoop, yeah. you know, it was an audio show, like, you know, and was then at multiple days a week. And like, it's already gone through many, many different iterations. So it just felt like sort of another evolution of, of talking games. Yeah. 
Although I will say the one big bummer was we launched this like brand new show and we're like, it's all going to be like themed out. It's going to be yeah. beautiful. And it's going to be like people at the desk together, like, you know, having these conversations. And it was called Next Gen Console Watch 2020. Mm-hmm. And like, what was it, Damon? Two episodes in, maybe even one episode in, like yeah. pandemic hit and we had to go digital. Yeah. Of course, that show is still going today and is, is still performing very well. We make so. it work. Yeah. Yeah, we make it work. It's all about the mortises. Yeah. There have been several false starts where we've tried to start moving people back into the office. But of course, you know, the pandemic had other plans. So eventually, I hope I hope sometime this year, we'll eventually start getting back into the studios. But yeah, Game Scoop. And then a lot of our stuff is going to have to, we're going to have to figure out sort of like a hybrid, uh, mm-hmm. hybrid work and a hybrid way of shooting things where a lot of people are going to have to be calling in. But the, uh, LA, the LA studios are really nice. Okay, that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Nick Mad. Let the questioning begin. We don't, I need to know where he is. He, did, he doesn't say. He's in an undisclosed um, location. Now I'm, now, now Justin Mad. <laughs> <laughs> Has Microsoft acquired the developer yet? No. <laughs> Damn. That was a good question. That was a good question. Got to keep it meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this from before the year 2000? Yes. Mm. <clears throat> you want to narrow that down or go? Yeah. Was this before? Is this a, did this game come out in the nineties? Yes. Did it come out initially on a cartridge? No. CD arcade. Downloadable. Floppy disk. Um, was this an arcade game first? Yes, that's five. Ooh, that's really good. 90s arcade game. That's your um, jam. Is this a fighting game? Yes. Oh. It's probably Virtua Fighter. Uh, does this game have, uh, have uh, polygons? Is it polygonal graphics? Is it 3D? No. <laughs> Wait, what? Why did you say that like that? <laughs> I guess we'll find out, but I don't think so. <laughs> um, is this game uh, especially violent or was considered to be at the time? Yes. You go in the motor combat direction? Yeah. Uh, is it published by uh, Midway? Yes. Okay, so it's a Mortal Kombat game. Um, is this the first of its name? It sure is. Is this is Mortal, Mortal Kombat? Kombat? It sure is. 11 questions. Nice. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, really so not polygonal, right? No. Not no, polygonal. no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. it's like photos of actors yeah. in, in pixel form. But did, they count, did they count as sprites? They turn the, yeah. did they digitize these photos and turn them into sprites? Exactly. They're okay. digitized photos in sprite form. Got it. And and I remember it looking so realistic. Oh yeah, I look at it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that looks realistic. Yeah. yeah what is, is this an ad for the home it? ones? Maybe yeah. this must be an ad for the home version. The guy goes into the streets and just screams Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat. and then everyone <laughs> and everyone's just fighting each other. No, they're all coming. They're just running. They're just hearing the call. <laughs> it's like they got the their flannel shirts tied around their mob. waist. Dude, I have real like oh, yeah. I know I know from like a gameplay perspective, like Mortal Kombat couldn't stand up to Street Fighter. It actually has more cachet now. But like I have a real soft spot for those old Mortal Kombats and like playing them 
they were in like very heavy rotation for me and my friend group. It was like Mortal Kombat, like Goldeneye. Like that was our business back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the original games held up mechanically to Street Fighter, no. but they were so like creative yeah. and fun with like mm-hmm. their fatalities and stuff, right? Well, it was yeah. crazy. Like there's a man shout popping up in the corner, screaming toasty mm-hmm. to you. Like they were just weird. <laughs> you fall between stages and there's yeah, like a sense cool. of evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that, those are, yeah, exactly. Evolution. There's secrets. Into mm-hmm. those two. And uh, the fatalities were like cheat code secret mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily. It was not it was not easy to figure them out. So mm-hmm. by Mortal Kombat 2, I had gone on um, listservs at um, you know, my parents are, are, are teaching at a university and they had, you know, university listservs. That I was able to go on, get Mortal Kombat fatality codes and print them on a printer and then yeah. take them to the arcade. And it was like the coolest thing ever. It was, yeah. that was like the most futuristic moment of my entire life. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was word of mouth. And sometimes there'd be like a, you know, like a written out thing on a, on an arcade machine, like a sticky note or like a piece of paper stuck on it for people to memorize. But mainly it was people that knew them and other people that didn't. And so it was like this great taunt, you know, and taunts yeah. became part of games later. So I shouldn't mm-hmm. use that word, but uh, you know, it was like, you'd, you'd, you you the way these games worked in the arcade is that one person would be you know playing and if they won they got they got to keep playing and so the other person would come up right so you put your quarter down play next play next and if you're really good you just beat one person after another right mm-hmm. and of course at the end of beating them you would rip their spine out you know <laughs> and it's just like it was amazing you know like like that type of stuff was was a great community builder in arcades <laughs> The original Mortal Kombat came out in 1992, which means it's turning 30 this year. Mm-hmm. I played it at Peter Piper Pizza in Phoenix for the first time above a skate park called The Wedge. Wow. That was, I think, one of my very, very earliest memories of ever using the internet was exactly the same as yours, Sam. I was in fifth grade and we printed really? out. Yeah, we printed out Mortal Kombat fatality, fatalities and special <laughs> That's moves. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That and then I remember I've, we looked up skydiving pictures just because we thought that would be cool. Whoa! That's just so like you get on the internet first time, and the first thing you do is look up skydiving pictures. I mean, that's the first. I was at school, and I have a memory of that. Like, I don't know if I've been looking up stuff before that, but like that—that's those two are definitely up there. That's pretty good. Remember the CD-based encyclopedias? Yeah, I think yeah. There's a name of one that Encarta. Encarta. There you go. Mm. Yeah, I think which is Microsoft. You can look up. I think when they bought Encarta, I knew everything was going downhill. <laughs> but um, they, uh, they, uh, that you, you could go in there and watch like like thumbnail size videos and like a cut. They had a couple of images and stuff like that. That was that was a pretty remarkable CD-ROM moment too. There's, um, um, I think it's all on YouTube where you can look up the making of Mortal Kombat, and they have footage. They have uh, yeah. recorded footage of them, the actors in the costumes, recording the special moves and being directed. Yeah. Uh, like Ed Boon is shouting at them from off screen, like "Oh, you need to stumble more, or do whatever." It's awesome. Yeah, we went to a GDC, I think, um, retro developer session on Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat where they had some of that stuff too. Mm. Or it was for an, maybe it was even for another game where they had that for Mortal Kombat. I think it was for NBA Jam, and then they had it for Mortal Kombat. It was the same team. Sam, your mention of the pizza parlor where you saw Mortal Kombat uh, made yeah. me remember our local pizza parlor was called Papa Z's. Now it's just a local pizza parlor that had a bunch of arcade machines. And I wonder, since like brewcades are popular now, why hasn't the like pizza parlor arcade come back? It's yeah, just right. such a mess. Mm. But come yeah. operator. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You Reese everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it is true. They should yeah, come at it from the other direction, off. though. Yeah. 
You, that's true, Sam. So um, we need a sushi and beer arcades. That's yeah, I have no need. problem with that. The yeah. chopsticks chop keep everything above board. <laughs> yeah, I know sushi, exactly. some sushi is eaten with your hands, but then you can always you know, wipe it off easier than the pizza grease, which is permanent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Permanent. <laughs> uh, real quick, real quick. I, um, I, I watched The White Lotus, finally. Yeah. I know it's an older show. I liked it a lot. thought it was great. Disturbing. Disturbing, but like real great, really, really well done. Check out the four seasons in Maui. It's a great hotel. I mean, yeah, there many times. Yep. It's like definitely stayed at places like that. Uh, And then I watched the first episode of Boba Fett and it's fine. It's terrible. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I would call it terrible, but I'm just kind of like, all right. It just, it, it it almost feels like fan fiction at this point. It's kind of like, like that guy, that actor, he's not terrible, but like he's only in one Star Wars movie for like 10 minutes (laughs) and only had a handful of lines. And like, now he's the leading man in this new show. It's like, what? (laughs) You might like Peacemaker. I watched all three episodes last night. I do want to watch Peacemaker. Yeah. My but wife. I've not seen the Suicide Squad. I want to watch. <laughs> that's oh, weird. Well, that's great. You should watch that. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait. It's really, really good. Yeah. I want to watch Peacemaker. My wife is like feeling very over anything superhero related right now. Mm. So they had a, the previously on the Suicide Squad to start it out. And I thought that was really funny. It's pretty good. It's connecting it right to the movie's events, which is cool. I watched Station Eleven and was very emotionally affected by it. Oh, Aww. it's my favorite thing I've watched in a long time. Good, man. Gotta watch that. It's yeah. great. I need to do that one too. And then we had Monday off uh, this week here at IGN and uh, for our MLK Day. And uh, my wife and I, we finally got to see uh, No Way Home. Oh, uh, what nice. did you think? And I, and I loved it. It was great. I know. So I'm like, good. I'm telling anyone they don't know already. I know I'm the last person to see it, but I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. I would have gone a second time were it not for, you know, trying to yeah. be a little bit more careful again. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah sure. It's like unbelievable they were able to get all that talent together in one movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like only it's only because Marvel movies have been so, you know, unbelievably, unprecedentedly successful that they can just throw <laughs> as much money as they can to just make this impossible scenario happen. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's great. It's- it seems like they really talked through with a lot of people too and made sure they were comfortable like reviving certain characters mm-hmm. and bringing them in and making sure like, oh, this is how we're going to be handling things. And then of course there's the classic Marvel like moments of levity and like yeah. cute little references and, and jokes for us in the audience too. I loved it. I think it's a, one of the better ones. Yep. I think it's the best, best Marvel movie since Endgame, <laughs> in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I want to let everyone know before we wrap up is Game Scoop is a fun podcast where just do a good scoop is what matter. And that's all the scoops <laughs> we have for you this week. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, customers. <laughs> Thank you, customers. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Careful of, careful of any mild blood. Thank you to Alan working behind the scenes making this episode. I think this neighborhood possible. has appreciated since <laughs> yeah. we started the show. <laughs> My neighborhood definitely has appreciated. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop. And we're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.